0: Hello everybody. Welcome to MC Squared the podcast.
1: I got a fire in me. You're gonna set to burn.
0: Fire. I'm your co-host Andrew McNeil, joined by Jimmy McKenna. And in this first episode, I just wanted to take a few minutes to introduce who we are and why we decided to do of all things a podcast. And uh, what motivates us, and uh, what we hope to accomplish with this podcast? So, Jimmy, do you want to start? Or do you want me to go? Oh, go for it. Okay. Well, I'm a 49 uh, year old. It's hard to say that. I just turned 49. Been married to my wife Andrea for 28 years. Uh, we have seven children, four girls and three boys, and five grandchildren. I just recently got done with uh, an unsuccessful campaign for. State representative here out of Terre Haute, and uh, I think my motivation uh, honestly has to do a lot with uh, just wanting to do what we could to better our community, uh, be informative, and uh, it's good to keep uh, those uh, interview and uh, issue uh, skills honed. And so I I, I thought this was a, a great um, idea, something to try. Who knows? It may be terrible. Um, but the, the purpose here is to be entertaining and informative and educational. And uh, I thought who better to do it with than my good friend Jimmy. So that's that's what I've got. <laughs> I, I don't have
1: much. Uh, so my name is Jimmy, I've lived in uh, Terre Haute, Vigo County my whole life. Um, married and uh, to Allison, <laughs> and uh, we have four kids. Right now, they're 17 to seven, boy, girl, boy, girl. It's kind of like we planned it. <laughs> so we have this 10 year gap from top <laughs> to bottom. Um, I work at Union Health. I'm a respiratory therapist, director of a couple different departments. And, um, I'm, I'm real passionate about patient care and the hospital realm. And, um, but I've, I started doing this because Andrew asked, hey, what, are you want to try to do a podcast? And I'm kind of into this stuff. I do have a YouTube um, channel that's been successful over the years uh, with b- doing education for respiratory therapy things. And we'll link that. And, um, yeah, but I don't know how much we're going to talk about that on this, but that's what kind of drives me a lot. I like the tech stuff. So, and then I don't mind talking too. So that that's works. why I'm here. Yeah, it
0: works. Well, I'm hoping that um whatever we're passionate about kind of comes out in in these episodes and uh we want to have uh guests on for sure. I'm I'm hoping to have um elected, <coughs> elected officials. <laughs> I'm hoping to have elected officials on. We can ask them uh, about their jobs, what's uh, concerning to them and uh the issues of the day and uh don't really want to shy away from controversy at all, but um also not trying to poke people in the eyes, so I know a lot of folks are out there trying to do their, their best. So, Although, you know, controversy is kind of why people I tune mean, in. So. And
1: some people really stick their eye around right in front of you. I mean, it's like they pretty much grab your finger, too, and shove it in. Absolutely. So you don't have to do a whole lot of work on your side. So.
0: Uh, speaking of which, did you want to get into that email? Or, uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, yeah, there's something I'll add later. It's not a big deal. Oh, so hot off the presses today,
1: um, in Terre Haute News, we saw that Pat Goodwin's running for mayor again. Now, isn't this the guy who ran the first time as an independent? I think he is, but I'm not sure. What's he running as this time? Uh,
0: Democrat. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think it's his second time as a Democrat, if I'm not Okay. Mistaken. All
1: right. Well, it was real interesting because I found an email that was circulating around <laughs> um, the Internet back in November of 2019. It may have actually been the day after the election in 2019 uh,
0: for the last mayorship. Do you want to read the email? Andrew? Well, I think I've seen this. Let me oh, well, Let me take a look at it here. I feel like I've read this. Uh, I want to tell you how much meant for your support. So this is a uh, an email uh, that he sent to his supporters after after he lost election. Yeah, so it's Wednesday, November sixth. So it's the day after the election. So you already said you're not poking
1: anybody in the eye, and this is the first thing <laughs> that we do. Absolutely.
0: Not. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you well, already you, went against the first thing that you said that we were going to do. Exactly. Okay. Well, this is informative. So, oh. uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate on this a little bit. Okay, okay, Good, because yeah. I have unfortunately, and I've uh, been on the uh, uh, losing end of a couple of elections. Oh, so here's what my advice would be <laughs> to any candidate who loses: uh, say nothing for a week. Thank your your supporters. Sure, just keep your mouth shut you are going to end up regretting what you say if you don't have a great deal of self-control and that email reads to me like someone who was bitter and angry yeah. and threw a lot of people under the bus and my guess is a month later he probably didn't feel that strongly about all the things he said but there we go we have it in in writing <laughs> and uh, it will be interesting it will be brought up during the campaign I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Uh do you it'd be interesting to hear if there's any other uh, prospective candidates in the Democrat side. Um, and of course we have Mayor uh, Duke Bennett announced a week ago, maybe two weeks ago that he was going to be running for reelection. So I would love to have him on and just ask yeah. him. Um, I think a lot of people want to know, okay, exactly what is the role of a mayor? What do you do uh, specifically? And, um, you know, just what you see for the future. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I know. I, I totally agree. I think that, and you, you
1: know, this, I mean, I ran a small campaign in 2018, but how much energy is expended, how much time, how much mind time that you spend yeah. during an election and to have everything change within a couple hours, um, it's got to send you spinning a little bit. Yeah, in it's the pretty head, abrupt. In the head for a while. Uh, not Probably not a lot of good thoughts, so not a great time to uh, open up to the public about your feelings <laughs> <laughs> and your future plans yes. because
0: they obviously change. Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe, he, I believe he mentioned that he was never going to run for office again. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. there may have been something in there, maybe one other thing in there that said...
1: Um, in the end, I don't believe that a true majority of people will make a sound decision about who should be elected. (laughs) Yeah. That's out of hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, not a good time to write
0: (laughs) to Never good to slam the public (laughs) if you're looking for a public office. Uh,
1: But it could have happened to all of us. Sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yep. So I, I've seen that I've seen that trap before. You you feel a lot of emotions. You go through a, a lot of uh, change because it is abrupt. You're you're expecting to win, and um, and it's it's abrupt. It's it's uh, big change and a and a letdown for sure. Um, and then you start replaying why you lost and what you could have done differently. And there's a lot of process that you go through. But my my recommendation again would just be to keep that to yourself for a, a period of time to your emotions can cool down a little bit. So, yeah. and I just don't think it did. He just yeah. fired off. An email. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, um, Jimmy, one of the things that I uh, am passionate about is, and I, I this, this is going to come out in, in these podcasts from time to time, not all the time, but in from time to time is, is I'm a, I'm a love, a lover of history. And I love to look back at the lessons of history and try to apply them to the issues that we have today. So, um, in fact, uh, any time that I'm, you know, reading a story or whatever, or finding out something new, whatever it is, I'm always trying to, you know, figure this out. Uh, how, how does this apply today or what, what are these lessons? So one of the ones that I wanted to bring up, and I, and I don't exactly know why, except that it is an issue we deal with every day in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a, a, it is a, a battle that we're having here in Vigo County that people don't realize it's a battle. Um, and it started... Uh, this this story is about the pilgrims when they first came to the New World, and a lot of folks have heard the story of the, of the first Thanksgiving. A lot of people have heard um, you know uh, some of the history. It's a, it's glossed over a lot in our public schools today, and this story particular story is is never told, which is very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the pilgrims came over. Uh, they were poor. Um, so they had to have a sponsoring company pay for their way over. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came over to the New World. Uh, they were uh, had been, I think, about 11 years in Holland. Prior to that, they were in England, and they had been persecuted heavily by the state, which was uh, in bed with the church, the Church of England. Mm-hmm. So it was, quote, The church was persecuting them, but it was more the state was because the king was basically ran the, you know, this is where the separation of church and state comes from, by the way, the true meaning of separation of Mm -hmm. church and state. So, uh, they were persecuted, wonderful people, but they, they didn't want to live with like that. They went to Holland and then they heard about the New World. And there was a possibility of opportunity there and, uh, and freedom and the ability to worship God the way that they wanted to. So, but they couldn't do it on their own. So they got a sponsoring company. And a part of the agreement uh, was that they would all uh, get one share in this company, one share of the profits. Every, every family was given one share. Um, and so there was a common bank. They were not allowed to own any of the homes when they went there. Any mm-hmm. of the land that they cleared was not their own. Uh, all of their crops was went into a, a community garden, basically, a community bank. And everyone, you know, to him who, who has was, you know, from from him who has to him who does not have or whatever. You know, the, the communist manifesto there you go. <laughs> long before Karl Marx. So uh, they go there. The first winter... Uh, m- Tons of uh, they, they showed up in November, so it was it was already getting in New England. So they were already going to be having a hard winter. So a lot of them died, diseases, sickness, whatever. The Indians, which were instrumental in uh, teaching them how to fish and and giving them some of their their um, uh, expertise or know how that they didn't know about, how to plant crops and you know all this kind of stuff. Uh, were essential to keeping them alive through the winter, but they, so they took that newfound knowledge and they, they planting and all this, this sort of stuff. And there still was no prosperity. Now, William Bradford was their, he wasn't their governor, but he was their leader. He was their pastor, their clergy. And he was at this point, uh, stepped up to be a true leader. And he noticed that, uh, able bodied men weren't, weren't doing anything. And they said, "Why would we work hard for families? Why would we work hard for somebody else's kids and somebody else's wife?" Mm. So he did a radical, radical thing, and he scrapped the agreement. Now he couldn't; he didn't have the authority to like get rid of their debt. They owed a lot of money for getting sure. over there, but he he allowed each family to have a a plot of land of their own, and they could do whatever they wanted with it. They could clear it. They could let it sit. They could build houses on it. They could plant as much as they wanted to. They do whatever they wanted with it. it. Didn't matter. Everybody got personal property and ownership, and they had. Uh, he said that they planted a lot more corn than normally would have been planted. These these folks went to town because of free capitalism, free enterprise, and they had an incredibly abundant harvest. They had so much. Produce and so much harvest that they were able to sell the excess, trade the excess back to the Indians, pay off their debt in record time. And the, the economy prospered. And what's crazy is what I didn't realize this. The word of this got out to all of Europe and the word that you had riches or wealth in the new world caused the great Puritan migration that began after that because there was the opportunity for wealth. Mm-hmm. which is free enterprise. So today, what we see is this is a perfect microcosm of socialism versus free free market or capitalism. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of neat is that that is the very foundation of this country long before we were, I and mean, this is 1620, this is long before we were a nation, long before we had uh, Karl Marx arguing against the, you know, for the working class and against the, uh, the, the rich and the wealthy and all that sort of stuff. But long before that battle, this was an actual experiment in real life. And we see the success. So we've got this going on now. We have folks that have not learned the lesson from history and they end up trying to repeat the same thing. They try to take away incentive. Um, we, we have right now a, a pretty much a, a devastating um, deficit in the workforce of people that are not willing to work. So I, I think that... Um, they, there's a saying that's, that those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And unfortunately, we say that saying, but we don't mean it, because we don't learn from history. Yeah. To um, to be fair, multiple generations probably have never even heard that side of the story. And that's, that's unfortunate. So free enterprise, personal property, personal incentive. And these are good people. I mean, lest you say those young men were, you know, no good, whatever, sitting on, you know, these were good people. These were people who risked life and limb to come here. And they were, they were Christians. They, they were moral. They were hardworking people. And still the basic uh, truth of human nature came through the way we're put together. So um, I think that's, that's the battle that we still have today is between socialism, a commune, clearly communism and, uh, and free market enterprise. So. So he came over on the Mayflower? Yes.
1: Wow. William Bradford? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he made, I was thinking about this too today. Uh, when I was looking at a leadership, um, was talking about creative thinking and leadership. And it talked about one of the things that you have to do if you want to bring creative thinking into something is you have to be willing to uh, change your assumptions. And, uh, and the truth is that all of us at some point, the truth is that all of us, have some assumption that we we are operating on right now that is false. So, something yeah. we're always having to challenge what we assume is true. Um, if we want to grow, we want to get to a different oh, place. Yeah. And he did that. He he took it, that. You talk about a radical departure. Now, granted, they had had a lot of death. They had buried a lot of those those uh, early pilgrims. So, I mean, I think something radical needed to be done. I think he saw that, but but he was a great leader and did that. Yeah. So
1: that's pretty awesome. That's a great story, Andrew. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's all new to me.
0: Oh, and I do want to give credit to that. So, oh, yeah. Um,
1: what? Thank you, Wikipedia.
0: No, no. <laughs> oh. it, um, so, so uh, Rush Limbaugh wrote about it in his second book years and years ago, and then he used to share this uh, annually on his uh, Thanksgiving program oh. as Thanks first Thanksgiving, nice. and um, and then it got picked up by other. Scholars and that sort of stuff. So it's kind of morphed over the years to get a fuller picture of it. The Indians definitely played a part, but the actual prosperity, the the explosion of of prosperity in uh, in Plymouth was because of this shift from a commune mm-hmm. to personal property. So it's a great it's a great life lesson, history lesson. So
1: yeah, that's great. So if you want to email us the MC squared podcast, all one word. The MC Squared Podcast, The, whatever you want to do it. If you're King James style, you want to do The, we can do it that way too. But The MC Squared Podcast at gmail.com. And that is where we are right now. So if you're interested in sending us anything, and this is our first one, right? So we're working out some kinks. We tried to take a caller earlier, which is kind of different and Interesting. We took Andrew, uh, Andrew's wife Andrea, on a call, and it was kind of a hot mess because of our <laughs> technology here. But we hope to improve that over these, and we hope that this is the beginning of something pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I think the the gist of it is is that we just want to be truthful um, and just talk about any different things that are going on. Politics are always interesting. But there's a lot of other stuff, too, going on in the county that we can talk about. So, And we'll try to bring those things in uh, to the podcast. So thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time and making it to the end. And uh, we're also going to post videos of this. So, yeah. um, We're videoing the whole thing. Not that you're going to see anything great in the video. Although, Drew... Andrew's son is wearing uh, turquoise <laughs> headphones because that's the only one we had. So they're my seven year old daughters. But they work <laughs> just the same. Okay. And maybe we'll just keep doing those because it's kind of a little added touch. So thanks for listening, and we will see you later.